Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my co-host, Kate Roberts. Hello, Kate. Hey, Wynne. Hi. You had an idea. I, which is always great. I did have an idea. <laughs> yeah, which is always great because it means I don't have to think of one. And the idea that you had for us to chat about today was compassion. And I wondered what you wanted to start with about the notion of compassion. To be honest, I'm not sure, but compassion's been on my mind today. There's some things that you and I have talked about repeatedly on this podcast about, you know, our thought-created experience of life. And when we start to catch on, start to really see that there's this beautiful space that's created between being completely wrapped up in our experience, not seeing it for what it is, and now seeing how we're creating it that changes the whole thing from the smallest space to the largest space where you're almost an observer. And when I start, I start to see that and I, and I watch, you know, and spend time with and talk to people who are creating their experience through thought. Sometimes it's really beautiful and sometimes it feels more like suffering. That I think that it's compassion for ourselves and for other people that allow us to, to be in these life experiences and everything that's involved in that, everything that's mental and emotional and physical, lifing. Mm. Even if we start to kind of catch on to how that's created. So there's this, I feel like compassion plays a huge role in understanding ourselves, other people, what's happening and not being completely caught up in it. You know, our suffering, their suffering, but not taking it lightly either because quote unquote, it's just thought, you know, that is so to me, I think is a little bit unhelpful. (laughs) So, um, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily have, you know, that I'm really seeing anything really solid on it. It's just something that showed up today. And I'm, I thought it might be fun for us to explore how compassion brings all of that together in a place of connection for ourselves, um, connection with other people, 
So I don't know. I just thought it might be kind of fun. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. You know, one thing I that struck me in listening to you that if I notice somebody else suffering, when I understand what they're going through, what the cause is to that, compassion is a natural byproduct to me of seeing them, really seeing them and what's happening in them, in their struggle, in their suffering. And to what you said, because I've seen it many times, and probably I've done this to people as well. I've gone, yeah, that's just thought. Well, that's just your thinking. And I've, I remember vividly watching a married couple having that conversation where person A was upset. Person B said, yeah, that's not about me. That's just your thinking. That didn't go well. It didn't go well what the next step was because that was almost dismissive. And I think that was really a reaction to someone else's suffering. So someone suffering about someone else's suffering and wanting them to change as opposed to them seeing the person for what's really going on. And the other thing that, that sprung to mind is last week and this week, I'm working with a company in Europe and in the Americas. So everything from Canada down to, well, really, well, includes the southern tip of Argentina and Chile. And all of Europe from northern Norway right down to the southern Mediterranean, including the UK and France and Germany, which is their, their big uh, markets, as well as the US and Canada. And Mexico is big for them too. And they're in the business-to-business world. So they're expert consultants, expert suppliers to other businesses to provide advice and consultancy. And yet sometimes their clients change their demands. They mix it up and they say, well, I need it sooner or I need more, but I don't want to change the price. And the entire conversation I'm having with these groups is really for them to see that how their client behaves, even if they're being rude and overly demanding in inverted commas, that's not about anything other than that behavior is a symptom of something that's happening in their world and in their business and maybe in their business's demands of them as a person or their, their manager, their boss's requirements. So I'm helping them see that if someone is being obnoxious or difficult to us, that's a sign that they're struggling as opposed to a sign that I need to fix it or I've done something wrong. And that's noticing the same as any relationship, being a business relationship, a romantic relationship, a friendship, a family. But when I don't take their behavior as anything to do with me and I can understand what drives anyone's behavior and anyone's emotion and what's behind the scenes of all of that, my compassion is a natural byproduct, and then I get curious about them from a place of care and compassion 
as opposed to needing to fix or needing to diminish whatever it is that they're going through. And it's interesting because this morning I was um, with a client on a video call. He and, his, he and his partner live in France. And the relationship's been going through quite a, a bit of a, a tough time in the last few weeks. So all, our conversation started off being about him and his business that he started a few years ago. And it really is coming down to him and his partner. And the point from this morning's conversation, as I recall, was really helping him see that when it looks to him like she's sniping at him, that's just her internal struggle, her internal suffering, or her internal insecurity or something that has got nothing to do with him. And he said, well, how will that help me? <laughs> and said, well, if you know it's not about you, what options would be available to you? Well, if I remember that it's just about her struggling and not about me, it, I might realize that what she needs is a hug, not me to defend myself and then escalate the situation. It was a lovely conversation. I wish I knew that. It still feels personal a lot. Sometimes I catch on. I'm a little sus, I'm a little suspect of it, but I still find myself in moments where I think there's something to defend. But, you know, I love what you said about, you know, when people are, have this internal thing going on and it outwardly, like what we're hearing sometimes is you, you, you need to do this. You need to do that. Whatever's being demanded of is that it's not just not defending, but it's also not fixing. And I think that's, that's huge. And that's what, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah. Cause it goes beyond not just realizing that and not being defensive. It's going beyond that and not trying to fix them or whatever we think is wrong. When, when you're working with people on that, in the corporate world or even um, non-corporate clients. What, what does that look like, compassion without fixing? Like, how do you describe that? I get not being defensive or taking it personally, but how do you describe not needing to fix it either when people are telling you, you need to fix this? That's a great question. Because, I mean, I don't say, hey, this is the compassion for your <laughs> clients. I don't know how many would want that as, a, as an idea, but what they do want is to have a better working relationship. But how it looks is that listen to understand would be one way of saying it. 
And listen to understand doesn't mean understand the emotion, nor listen to what they're saying, but listen to what's behind it. So if deadlines change, if the goalposts move during a piece of work between um, supplier and client and the client and making these demands, well, I'd want to know what's behind the change, not, wow, this is going to mean me and my team have got to be up all night working on this. Or, well, that'll never work. How do I say no? Or say yes and hate it. That's not a good answer either. So one way of saying it, back to your question, would be listening to understand the behind the scenes of what's happening in your client's world. Mm. And I think that's the same, the same point of that as it would be in any relationship. If someone's inflamed or out of character or acting in a way that is puzzling, get curious and listen to understand. And it's really easy to listen to, an, well, I'll say it differently. I'm gonna come back to that. It's impossible to listen to understand if we think it's about us, because we're not listening to them anymore and we're not in the way of understanding them. We're listening for how do I defend myself? How do I defend my position? How do I attack and not be hurt? How do I make this about them, not me? Because this just isn't fair. How do I apportion blame onto them, not me? Because it clearly isn't my fault. Or, well, actually it is my fault and therefore I'm going to point the blame on myself. When what I'm suggesting is listening to understand, there's no blame. And I know that whenever someone is being listened to, their emotional state, kind of, they calm down. They get more centered without us trying to do that to somebody else. Because when we try to make someone calm down, we know how that goes. <laughs> it doesn't go well. It's just like, you know, when you've ever been, when you've been angry, have you ever been told to calm down? And what happened next? And I know what that's like when someone tells me to calm down if I'm inflamed. It's like fuel to the fire. It makes me worse. In the same way as you're saying, yeah, it's just you thinking. What do you mean? <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. It, it really isn't helpful. But listening does. Listening with that compassion. Listening to want to understand. So that's how I would describe it in the business context. Mm. And when we understand the real reasons why someone is asking for what they're asking for, we can look to do something about the situation. When we're both rational, when we're both not in an emotional reaction or neither of us are in an emotional reaction. Because mm. there could be some things to look at. Maybe I am a slob more than I want to be. Maybe I really should put my socks in the laundry basket. Maybe that's not a, such a big ask after all. Mm. Maybe I do take some things for granted. And when me and the other person are in a state of reflection as opposed to a state of inflammation, 
than ideas are far easier to come by about what to do if there is something to do, but not fix the emotion or fix the reaction. Anyway, that's just what I think. Yeah. I might completely be making this up, but it, it does seem like, at least in my experience, that compassion and curiosity are, it's almost like they can't show up once it's about us and once it's um, personal and once there's defensiveness and it's all about the words being spoken and being right. You know, there's part of me too that wonders if compassion for ourselves comes first in that as we see how we're not really listening and we see how little compassion we have for the person that's obviously having a hard time. I'm glad we moved on to this because I don't know if it matters in which way around it is. I have to have compassion for myself first because I find it far easier still to have compassion for other people than I do compassion for myself. And yet, I mean, there are times, and I, I can't remember if I talked to you about this last week when we were recording that the previous weekend I was giving myself a real hard time. Yeah. And then at some point, I remember what's going on in me, which is I am taking something personally. I am seeing thought as personal. I'm seeing thought as real. I'm seeing thought as meaningful. And at some point I might well have made up that giving myself a hard time is a really good idea because I deserve it. And the one thing I forgot in that time is nobody, no human being does better when they're giving themselves a hard time. Mm -hmm. And I forget. Daily. And I mean it daily. Now, anyone inside my head, say, 12 years ago, compared to now, would say, Jesus, is that the real same person? I know there's still more for me to see and more for me to notice about my innocent forgetting. And when I remember, then I have compassion for myself. as in the only thing that I'm ever going to be under the mistaken illusion of is something that is inherently human about how we work, not a Win Morgan getting life wrong. Because heck, I can do that. I've done that for 50 plus years. And I'm wrong. Every time I think that, it's thought appearing <laughs> real and relevant and meaningful and it's another illusion. Thanks, Wen. Thank you, Kate. You've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts and I'm with Wen Morgan. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics, please reach out. Our details follow the podcast. 
And if you have any thoughts about compassion and want to share that, we'd love to hear from you. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.